What would you do if you were an NBA owner and Kevin Durant told you how to run your business? Plus, MLB trade chaos and even more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And we are back and it's been it's been a minute, right? Like we've had COVID, we've had work excuse, like whatever you can think of. It's it's been a uh, a busy guy summer, right? Is that yeah, we, we've had COVID, we've had vacations, we've had more traveling, work traveling, and now we're back together. We're back together. It feels like the first time. It I, absolutely I does. See. Don't feels- don't uh, don't play that again. Uh, no. Anyway, edit that. Yeah, edit. All right, so we are back, and a lot of things have happened. So you know, we're going to get to a few topics tonight. We got obviously the Kevin Durant stuff that is out of control. We got some stuff that's been on our social media we want to talk about. And then we also have baseball has blown up because the trade deadline is coming on and there's been a lot of stuff going on. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a interesting little beginning of August for us, so to speak. So Biggie, speaking of being busy, you were up to the Great White North, essentially. Like, how was your uh, past you know, two weeks? It was pretty good. It was kind of funny when I was up there because where it's been complete swamp ass here since like swamp the beginning ass, of June. No, it's swamp when ass. we went up there, it was in the nineties, mid and upper nineties almost every day. Heat index was higher, but where the humidity they don't they think it's humid, but it's not. It's like damn, it's it's so hot. All right, so I, I gotta ask, really. a day like today, we've been down here in the man cave. It's been in the high eighties, but the humidity has been absolutely dreadful. I feel like I have a stain of sweat on my back from my t-shirt. You're saying that when you're in North North Dakota, it's not like that. No, nope. no, nope. it's hot, but it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. You'd be that, outside that's what they all say day it and- out in Arizona too to make it sound like 110 is yeah. not bad. Well, it's a little bit different than that, but I mean, jeans, a t-shirt, and you're fine outside, even when it's 97. Mr. Brown, you were doing an interview earlier for the uh, baseball group, and I think the sweat was dripping off your brow, so to speak. So how, how did that go earlier? I mean, I had people messaging me, you need to clean your nose next time. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sweating. It's pouring off. What do you want me to do it's down not, here? It's not. It's just sweat, everybody. Just sweat. Calm down. I'm sweating profusely down here. Profusely. Yeah. Pro. You ever use that word in anything besides sweat profusely? No. Why would you? The only time I've ever used it or heard it used is in that right there realm. I'd say some dudes taking Vagrid probably use it the same way. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't wait until the masses here. Below the belt. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great segue to just go into some other things of uh, nature topic here. So... We got NFL started back. We got preseason going on. Uh, I guess the Hall of Fame game had your Raiders in it. Did you watch, Mr. Brown? I, I can't watch preseason because they're, they're only going to play a series, and I, I can't get into it. I don't even think they played a series. I can't. I can't get into I don't preseason. Even think, like, did football Derek football. Carr even play in week? In I can't first tell game? you, and I don't care. He doesn't care. Did you watch the Hall of Fame game, Biggie? I did not. I didn't uh, either. I don't really get too much into preseason other than I'll follow as far as uh, fantasy if there's a position battle. But like he said, they might play a series. That's it. Now with an even longer season, guys aren't even doing more than their inter-squad practices. You know, so many of the teams do uh, two or three a day a week 
practices with other squads that that's like their real game where they can control the I, environment. I do need to ask you though, since you are the resident Patriots fan, there's a lot of chatter and murmurs coming out of New England about like the offense is looking really bad and Mac Jones is looking really bad. Mm. So do you have a uh, response? Like, how are you feeling? Well, I kind of expect it to be rough to start the year because you lost McDaniels, who did everything for so long. So wait, wait, have they not announced a coordinator for? No, all and no they're not going to. They have Mr. Brown. They have no coordinators in New England right well, now. Well, you know, reason why, Chad, is they don't believe in titles up there. They don't believe- <laughs> Brian Flores was the defensive coordinator that didn't have the title before he got the job in Miami. What's really weird? You got Matt Patricia, who's like a defensive-minded guy and a line guy, and He's more so going to be running the offense with Joe Judge, who was a special teams guy. It's interesting. I thought when he said that, he was saying, I don't believe in titles. It was kind of like a hiding his son type of thing because, bless your heart, son, you're not catching on, but we don't believe in titles up here. <laughs> bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart just means you're a moron yeah. and you can't do your job. Is that well, where we're at? Well, you can't have your defensive coordinator on sidelines doing that tongue spaz out thing like you just had some bad assets. So if you name one of these guys the OC, then your son comes to and he says, Dad, I'm running the defense. Where's my title at? I, all I'm looking forward to is the downfall of this traditional New England dynasty that's not going to be able to hold on because of the fact they can't even establish titles for these people. Dude, Mac 10, baby goat, call him whatever you want to. He's Why do the they Messiah. call him baby goat? Come on. Well, because he's in New England, following the goat. If Mac Jones, if he came from stop, Alabama, stop. Listen, he won an Astral title. No, the dynasty's clearly over. It's over. You got Josh Allen in Buffalo, who's the reboot. best quarterback, highest Vegas props for the Super Bowl in the in the NFL this season. So you got Josh Allen, who's a better quarterback favorite over Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to talk about the Patriots. Give me a damn break. Let's move on. But they call him Baby Goat. I don't care would, what they call him. Why would you say take that? him to the freaking uh, butcher, and we're going to cut him up? Sweet <laughs> bacon, bacon. I don't know where it started, but I like it. It's trending in a good direction. I like me uh, some uh, goat meat. Some goat meat. Yeah. <laughs> Chop him up. Chop him up. We, you know, when I was a kid, my parents had me convinced that olives were goat eyes. Well, pepperoni is goat nuts. What? <laughs> uh, <sighs> this is where we're at right now, right? We're talking about NFL. Biggie's a Patriots fan. I'm a Bengals fan. Mr. Brown's a, a Raiders fan. You know what the good thing is? All three of us have some form of positivity to look forward to. It's just that your positivity has been detracting. You know what's weird about this year? And I'm not, I hate to cut you off. Come here. The Bengals... You have the most to look forward to, followed by me as the Raiders fan, and Biggie don't have shit to look forward to as he a Patriots fan. For the first but, time in twenty years. But it's like crazy it's in that order because it's the opposite. It is. Of course the Raiders would be in the middle either way. Like, I'll, I'll feel say like this. I'm still watching the Super Bowl. That is kind of the right direction as far as what to look forward to, but Dude, we were in the playoffs last year as a wild card team. You're going in second year with Mac Jones. There is something to look forward to, although when you can't name a coach, I get it. There's detractors. Coordinator. Well, uh, coordinators. I almost think that the Raiders, with the new hire of Josh McDaniels, brought in Devontae Adams. You're in Vegas. They have as much to look forward to high expectations as the Bengals do this so year. So you put them on the same level, even though the Bengals are in a Super As far Bowl. as – Dude, the AFC is so tight. Dude, look at – No, it is. You won 10 games last year. You went in, almost beat them with not for a bad call in that playoff game. I remember Who that. Who knows Wasn't where the Raiders go from? I remember that. I'm just saying – 
They were right there on the doorstep. You had Gruden get fired last year and all that other different stuff that happened. You had the receiver that killed the woman or let the dog burn. He's gone. He's not on the roster now. I'm just saying, when all that stuff happens, you bring in a new guy who's proven. You add some weapons on offense. I know the division's the deepest in football, but I think the Raiders and Bengals are both right there as teams who fans. I have a prediction about the Raiders. They can win the conference. That Hunter Renfro will be one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football this year. I agree with you because everyone's going to try to take out Devontae. Right. Hunter's going to eight or eight and nine yards you to death because he was until a, he's got 13 catches every game. Right. He was a hundred across catch, the middle. He was a hundred catch guy last year. I'm telling you, he's the new Wes Welker. All right. So this is, we had this like discussion a, the other night, especially the in the radar, red zone. New, news here. You and me but here's the thing. You got Devonte, you got him, you got Waller. I mean, pick one. I'm just saying in the red zone, we had this discussion. Devonte's the guy in the red zone, but even though, you take the safety, him, Waller, you're going to try to take them away. Renfro kills you between the 20s. I think he has a chance, like you yep. said, to be great for He's going to be a Wes Welker type, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, not to yep. over-glorify his position, no, but I that's think, what he is. Well, let's not stereotype him because he's a white receiver going bald playing in a That's slot. what we do. He's a Wes Welker. He's a Danny Amendola. I will say this. I'll put money I'll tell on you the who table. He's not. Is a Julio Jones. He's not a Julio Jones. <laughs> he's out for the year. <laughs> Dirt Carr yeah. will be a top eight fantasy QB this Dirk? year. Dirt Carr? Dirt Carr. Dirt Carr. Dirt Carr. Joe Dirt Carr. Joe Dirt Carr. Is, uh, is Joe Dirt Carr going to be in the Hall of Fame? No. At this rate, he might be. They're putting everybody <laughs> no. in. Moving on. Hey, Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame. How about you win a playoff game first? That, that is important. Uh, so, all right. You can tell that we've been apart for a couple of weeks. We've had time to kind of just let out these football feelings we're excited that the nfl is here we're excited for our fantasy football drafts i'm excited for our lead pipe locks stone cold lead pipe locks i'm ready i'm ready Where, if you don't know we collectively outperform any of your major media outlets when it comes to picking against the spread and we do it on a thursday so we don't even adjust on like the friday news the Saturday news or et cetera. We got that blue check mark. We got the blue check mark. We are official. So check us out on Pick Watch, baby. Those Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week are coming up soon. And who won last year? We went into a tiebreaker down through the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. Mr. Brown ended my reign of pick dominance. Mr. Brown is the ep epitome of pick dominance last year. Well, here's the deal, though. I How was, do you feel? I, I was leading you know wire, why to wire. Beat me? wire to wire. He is an ace on Thursday night. Out of 17 yeah, games or 16 right. or whatever, he might have missed two. Every we would Thursday. sit here. Right. Absolutely right. I made my separation on Thursday. We would sit here and do the show on Thursdays and watch it, but we'd have our picks in before the game started. And then come Friday morning, Mr. Brown was always up 1-0. Yep. Speaking of oh, that, we've got to switch our shows back to Thursdays for football season. We do need to. But, uh, yeah, it made me feel good being a game ahead already. Gives you confidence going into the week. Yeah. Absolutely. So, my, so, all right, so you guys got to hear us get excited about NFL and all these things. But there's other happenings in the world of sports out there right now. So let's transition a little bit. Let's go to probably the biggest news of the week, and it, it's the – New York Net, not New Jersey. New York Nets. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant. Jay Z. All right. So Kevin Durant has gone. He flew to London to talk to Joe Asai or whatever his name is, the, the owner of the Nets. With, did, I, uh, did I get that right? 
Yeah, isn't Jay Z we'll the part owner of the team? Uh, Jay Z don't matter here. He, he's busy. It was about uh, Sean Marks he, he and uh, he's too busy Beyonce. With Beyonce. It's it's fine. Lemonade, all that good I stuff. I think she got a booby out. He's got to check up on that. So he goes to London to talk to the owner of the Nets, and he tells him, "What does he say?" He says, "I'll play for you next year. You don't have to trade me, but there's a caveat. What's the caveat? You're gonna fire uh, the coach and the GM." You're fired. It was it was Nash and Sean Mark. Both of them. And the GM was over the top because the GM's actually done a pretty good job. His and one he's bad been move. There. He was there before the new owner yep. took over. His one bad move was picking up DeAndre Jordan, but that's because KD wanted DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I, so you see all the uh, publicity about Steve Nash getting a head coaching job. I know he's Canadian, but he is white. And they raised you know. so much hell about Steve Nash getting the job. Is that anything we're talking about here? He got the job because Katie approved of it. Katie liked him from Golden State. And he's a two-time he's MVP. Golden yeah, State, right. What was he assistant at, at GS? He was on the staff. He, I don't know if he was like the fourth, fifth assistant, but it, he worked now, personally with two Katie. MVPs, right? Yeah. Like you can't look get get your race, you know, thing out of here. It's just, he's a guy that's won MVPs. He's a hell of a ball player. Yep. You would think a point guard. Like what position in baseball makes makes the best manager? Catcher. Right. So point guard's the same thing. Absolutely. Right? Field, field general. The game. It's the same thing. It's the field general. So Steve Nash is there, but Steve Nash don't know how to play defense, and the Boston Celtics sure as hell did, and they waxed KD and the Nets. And I think that's why KD is where he's at, is because he's looking at what he asked for and what the opponents have, and it's not quite apples to yeah. apples. Well, I mean, Udoka just that flat out outcoached. Uh, Steve Nash, he did a really good job in the finals, too, even though they lost. He's just an excellent basketball man. They were outmanned when it came to the finals, but they still, they trod. You know, they were there. Yeah, they're up 2-1 in the series. Steph hangs 43 really? in game four I in the garden, like and no, they win the, the next three. So you have all these old heads, Barkley, of course, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, among, Barkley going among, to the LIV golf tournament? Yeah, he's already turned that down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so you got all these dudes Turner saying, gave him money. They're talking crap about uh, KD because every time it turns sour, he's going to abandon ship. Like, where's your backbone, son? Like, this has been KD's MO from OKC, right? It's kind of hard to build a legacy when you have no backbone. Steph Curry hosted the ESPYs this year, and I saw a thing from Peyton Manning where they said, uh, where Peyton Manning said, they gave me such a hard time for making a joke about Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors last time doing this and he said you can use that same joke because it has an age today and it's mm. it's exact that's who he is so let's I, leave the warriors for 70 or leave I, go to the 73 hey, speaking of your boy steph curry did you see him at the uh little golf tournament teeing off of the larry o'brien trophy sitting there in the tee box yeah that's the, like i'm sorry man i love some steph curry now but kd KD, probably the best overall player in the NBA right now when it comes to his skill set. But, man, he's worse than LeBron when it comes to being a GM because, like, it's like you brought in Ben – like, the team they had with Ben – they got rid of Harden. They got Ben Simmons. They still got KD. They got Kyrie. Like, you would think that would be formidable. But he's already – In the East, that's very formidable. You would think so, but he's like, no, I'm out. Get me out of here. And, and I got what you said about he's the most 
like dominant or not dominant. You said he's the best skill set player in the NBA. I, I disagree because mentally the dude's off. Mentally, you're you're not wrong. And the fact is, yeah, he's tall. He's seven foot. He's got that wingspan. He can shoot, but he don't play defense. He has no weight on him. You put him in the post, he can't do nothing down there. Nobody plays in the post now. My point is, is that you know, give me Giannis all day long over KD because he's got that killer instinct and KD. It's, I hate to excuse my language here, but KD's nothing but a pussy. All right, so the only thing I will say in, in agreeance with you is when KD and the Nets were in the playoffs and they played the Celtics, what happened to KD? Like, he became an afterthought, right? Like, they absolutely destroyed him. And, I, like, I get it. The Boston's great at defense, but they completely just said, like, no, you're not going to do anything against this. And I can't think of any player in recent memory where you were able to shut down the way the Celtics were able to shut down KD. Well, like it's an embarrassment on your on your resume. Well, it is. Although all five starters for the Celtics got a vote for all defensive team. I mean, they were good. They were they were great defense. This is the same team that the Warriors waxed in six games. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll say this: if you're that great, you're one of the greatest talents offensively ever. You don't get shut down. Maybe there's a couple quarters or there's a game where they make an adjustment, but then you adjust. You know, I hate to say this, but like all this KD drama has been like kind of, you know, been strung out over the past month or whatever. I guess it made me like just appreciate and love Steph Curry even more. Uh, 100%. You're with me? No, I am. Because like to me right now in this era, and I know Steph's further along than you got Giannis, but. You got LeBron who bounces around. You got Katie who bounces around. And then you got Steph who's been there as long as everybody else. And he just does his thing in Golden State. And I'm going to shoot lights out with whatever teammates I got. Clay's out, whatever. I'm going to do my thing. And I'm going to be probably the best shooter of all time. And like, probably he is. I just show up and I do my thing. Whereas I don't need nobody to come to me. You, you know, like you, you, you want to come if you want, but I'm Steph Curry. That's the thing with. Him and Giannis. Giannis could have left. He signed a contract to stay longer with Milwaukee. When they won the title, when they're doing this interview at the podium, he said, I did it the right way. I did it the hard way. This is how it's fucking done. He's not wrong. Same thing with Steph. He'll play his whole career with the Warriors. That stuff doesn't happen. Dirk, his whole career with the Mavs. These guys jump teams. They want to play with their buddies. Kobe. It is so nice to see players at the top of their game, at the top of the league, who are loyal to a franchise. Now, I get if they're getting paid a ton, but you stay there because you want to be known as a guy. You're known as a warrior. You're but known you're, as a boss. But if you're Timmy K- Duncan. But if you're KD right now, are you not like secretly hoping they just ship you back to the Warriors? Yeah, uh, I hope to God not. Right, because it's not fair. You know why it's not fair? Because Curry is so good of a leader he can actually push his ego aside and say, I don't need to score 30. I can score 25. Like, it's like I, I hate to say this, but Curry's that guy for this generation. No, he right? is. No, it's, you're not, don't, don't, don't be mad about it. It's the he's truth. He's the one clinging on to the title. Yep. Everyone else is clinging on to what they think they need. Curry's over here, like we just talked about it. He's out there golfing. And the Larry O'Brien trophy is next to the tee box. You know, the cool thing about Steph is that he's petty, and he admits he's petty. So when people talk stuff about him he in the media. He's more petty. Yeah. He'll bring it up, and when they win the title, and he'll, oh, I never heard this, or good thing I can do that. They said I couldn't do this. I enjoy it. 
All right, so let me rule it back in here for a second because we just kind of went like all over the map when it comes to NBA talk, which is crazy because it's August. I don't know, even know why we're doing that. Did you even watch Summer League? Hell no, you didn't watch Summer League. But my question is, if you're the owner of the Nets and KD tells you it's rather me or the GM and the coach, what do you do? I tell him I got you under contract for the next four years because you just signed the Supermax, so you better learn how to play with these guys. What do you, all right, Mr. Brown, what do you say? I guess I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to de- think deep down how much I really believe in my coach and my GM before I open my mouth. All right, uh, so you've thought about it. Now what? No, I'm just like, to me, but the, you, got, you got Kyrie thinking the same thing. What, the, so, the earth's flat? Yeah, that it's flat and we're going to go wherever. And, like, so what's going to happen in, in Brooklyn? So, like, to me, I might look in the mirror a little bit because, you know, I got two prima donnas here. And i like, what am we going to do next? But, like, I get it. He's under contract. But if he don't show up, he's not going to get paid. And I get that, too. Like, are you are you, are you you actively trying to trade KD right now? Or I would trade KD. But what are you getting for him at this point? Like, I feel like most of the other That's teams why out wasn't there are probably looking – they have him under contract for so long, and he's a generational talent. Right. They wanted everything back. Well, nobody should. wants to give that up. So my, I guess my question is, in the NBA, is it okay to listen to a player and say, all right, I hear well, you. We're going to go ahead and move on from the coach and the GM because we believe in you as a generational talent for the next five to seven years. In the NBA, that happens quite a bit because the NBA but it hasn't happened here league. yet. Well, it may eventually happen when it dies down a little bit. You could trade deadline. Who knows who gets desperate, that sort of thing. The NBA, the players have all the power because this is the NFL. You play your contract or you get cut. And MLB, Tom Brady ended up on the Buccaneers for a reason, right? He was tired of being in New England, and he wanted certain things. They didn't want to give him, so they said bye-bye. But the teams and the organizations are bigger than yep. the players. But in the NBA, to what you just said, it's a players' league. Like KD's kind of got that. Like there's a reason why they haven't cut him. Yeah. You know, like he's got that stroke. So here's my question to both of you: Will KD be on the Nets come opening night? Yes. You say yes, Biggie, Mister Brown. It's tough, isn't it? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. But I think he could be traded at some point. Would they trade him for Russell Westbrook? No. <laughs> I'd love to see him trading for LeBron James, just straight up. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that'd be great. I would love that trade. Switch coast, boys. Why not, right? Let's see how well you do in the Nets. Yeah. I, I bet KD and AD would do better than LeBron and uh, AD. Probably. Because he's not telling them what to do every play. Yeah. I don't know. We're not trying to turn this into a let's hate LeBron uh, session. So, either way, so KD, he's on the clock. He wants traded. He wants out. We're looking forward to seeing him on the Timberwolves or whoever it is. I, I don't know. It's going to be bad. Uh, I'm with Biggie, though. I, I'm both of you guys. I think he's still going to be there come opening night. Like, even though the players have all the control and all the moxie when it comes to the uh, NBA uh, decisions – it's like, what What are the Nets going to give up to get rid of KD? And I don't think any team wants to reciprocate that. Nope. So he's just stuck. Yeah. They have money. If he had one year left on his deal, maybe they can trade him. But at three years or four years, whatever is it, it is. Yeah, it's three or four, right? Yeah. At that point, you have too much player control to give him up. There's more commitment. Than, it's not and, like the baseball trade deadline when everybody just gets rid of people on one-year deal. 
The thing with KD is that he loves basketball too much to be a guy who doesn't show up and not play. Nah, he's still going to do his thing. The only problem is the East isn't as weak as it used to be. It's going to continue to get better. Uh, but he's going to be there for the time being. And, and if you're the Nets, like all this stuff you've been – you already went through the Harden trauma. Like you're stuck with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, who we think is going to be able to play now for, for, for here on out, and then KD. Like, man, like it's just the – like ignore basketball, just the extracurricular activities there. Like it's got to be frustrating if you're trying to run that program. Like it's just tough. You'd almost willing to re- resign if you're Steve Nash, if they guarantee the rest of your contract. Yeah, like, go ahead and pay me, and I'll go no. coach the uh, Trailblazers next year. And I get it, but if you have KD and Irving and Simmons, those talents actually mesh well together. They should. How about let's get on the court and let's play ball? What happened to just playing ball? You're right. Like like how we used to? Dude, Simmons' skill set feeds Irving and Durant. Like, let them play ball. See what happens, you bunch of freaking crybabies. Right. Get out there. Shut your damn mouth and shut up and play the game. Like, I'm with you because if you looked at them stacked up against the rest of the Eastern Conference, they should be the best team. We've said all along that freaking Ur- Simmons and Harden was the best deal out there, and it right. happened. Now, let's see it, it happen. It makes sense for both teams. Let's see it transpire on the court. Why can't we just let it watch? Like, let's see what happens. I know KD's got to open his mouth and cry about being in New York, which – if I'm not mistaken, didn't he choose to go there? That's where he brought everything and wanted to be. Like, he's the GM. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one creating all this. I don't know. All right, so that's enough NBA talk for the middle of the month of August. I don't, I don't really care to talk anymore about it, but can we agree that Steph Curry is still the uh, best player in the NBA right now? Uh, uh, yeah. He's got the title. That's all that matters. He's not the best player. He's the best legacy. I know. Giannis is the best player, yeah. but, but he's building the legacy, so yeah. we'll leave it at that. Nikola. All right, so we, we went on to an extreme extent when it came to the NBA and all the things that might happen, but the MLB has just had their trade deadline, and a lot of stuff kind of went on. And, Mr. Brown, you're a resident baseball guy. And I'm curious just how you feel like some things have kind of changed, if the tide has shifted at all. But of all teams out there, my God, have the Padres not tried to make the most leap when it comes to trying to improve their squad? I mean, on paper, they look like the darlings. I mean, you have A.J. Preller, who's the GM. He went out and got one Soto. And you talk about the best number one, two, three in baseball when Tatis is healthy. Tatis, Soto, then Machado. Um, but then the Dodgers came in, punched them in the mouth. The Padres haven't scored, and I haven't checked tonight. But up, up until tonight, they hadn't scored in twenty three innings. No, they're 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 hurting right now. So at the end of the day, you got Soto for the end of this year and next year, uh, and and the Nats got a pretty good haul back. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, it's 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 gonna work out. So real quick, let's break this down. Like Soto, like the Nats tried to offer him an extension, but he turned it down. Is it because of the extension what they offered, or because he just didn't want to be on the Nats? I mean, he never came out and said, but they offered him four hundred fifty million. So to me, that tells me he don't want to be on the Nats. That's what I would say. Like if you offered me, I don't care if you offered me four hundred fifty million, Biggie. If you offered me four hundred fifty million, I'm getting out on one knee and I'm doing some illicit things that we're not going to talk about on the air. But I would take that money. 
Here's the thing I don't get what they're doing at San Diego. I love that they're going after it, being the same division as the Dodgers. But making these big moves, it's almost like you're trying to build your big three in basketball. Having Soto, Machado, and Tatis could be one inning where they all ground out to short. Then you gave up all your depth to get them. Well, And, and, and there's I, no guarantee that you have Soto long term. God, I, it sounds good, though. I, I, it makes sense like to just get that sexy name. You don't. They don't. No one understands the fact they were more than like 10, 12 games behind the Dodgers at the time. So everyone knew they weren't going to catch the Dodgers. It's just a matter: of, can you catch them in the playoffs? Yep. And then you put the playoffs pitching rotation. If the Dodgers are healthy, which we know Kershaw went out, Bueller, we don't know when he's coming back. But on paper, the Dodgers still match up better against the Padres in October. Yeah. Like whatever the the Padres try to do, like don't forget the Dodgers have guys on injury that are coming back, like Dustin May and whatnot. Like, it's going to counteract whatever they do. It's 16 games. There's 16 games behind the Dodgers. Like, I I'll, I want the Padres. The Padres are going to make the playoffs. No, and right now it looks like the Braves and the Padres the first-round series. Right, but, but you know, it's you're trying to compete with the Dodgers? Like, good luck. No, they ain't. So, like, I was telling Biggie this yesterday. So, you have the three that I mentioned on the Padres, but then the Dodgers have – uh, they have uh, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. So you can't even <laughs> say that it's any better than that. And, and we love Juwan Soto, but it's not quite the same as the trifecta that you just mentioned. Well, and then and then the Padres did more than that. They went out and got Brandon Drury from your Cincinnati Reds. Hey, I love Brandon Drury. I got him on my fantasy team. He's been batting between fourth and sixth on the Padres in their DH. He's and, a top 100 player here today, baby. And on top of that, got, uh, they went and got a hater. A hater. The best, arguably the best closer in baseball. I got him on my fantasy team too, but for some reason I'm not that excited about hater switching well, teams. What you just said about pushing to the playoffs and the Dodgers having the better rotation, Soto they have for next year, but hater is just for this year, right? Right. It, it's one and done, and that's why Milwaukee traded him. Which Milwaukee but is Devin in Williams a playoff lights out. Like, why yeah. would you do that? Williams just lights out. Like, I get the Reds like trading, and I know Devin Williams, right? But, like, the Reds, like, they're not competing for anything, and they tell everybody, like, hey, you know, where else are you going to go? But the Brewers are in the playoff race, and you I, trade a hater? I like that the Reds like to trade their players away. Castillo's yeah, because they're all on your team now. Yeah. I, I don't – honestly, I don't mind the tr- uh, Brewers making that deal. You don't mind? No, absolutely you, not. So, you feel like they're okay with Devin Williams? So I do. Absolutely. Okay. And I feel like Hader was probably gone anyway. He probably why, is. Why not get something back? You're, you, I think it's an excellent trade for the Brewers. I don't know the inner workings of what their negotiations were, but you would like to think if they could keep Hader, they would try to. But I guess maybe it was done, and they just wanted to move on. You would, I guess my point is, to, to make that trade, you would have had to have some internal conversations, and they didn't feel confident they're going to sign Hader right, back. Correct. Because haters, so, to me, haters the best closer in baseball. Let's least, move, let's move the guy. Yeah, why? Why not? Let's get a couple picks here and see what happens. But all right, so we're we're winding down the months of August here. What team is on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs? Right. So like Boston made a couple moves. I don't think Boston's making the postseason. They're not making the playoffs. No, no absolutely not. No, but but why were they making trades? They were trying to do something. Well, they, they didn't make anything big. I mean, they no. got Hosmer because he didn't want to go to Washington. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason why. Not only did Soto not only resign with Washington, but Hosmer was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and pull up my uh, no-trade clause here. All right, so Boston's out. Any other team 
that you feel like just really whiffed here during the trade deadline that should have done something and didn't? That was on the outside looking in? No, I have two teams, so and they're both in AL Central. So you have the Twins. I'm glad you brought up the AL Central. I have the Twins, who are the best team in the Central, but they're not. It's all close. The White Sox didn't do anything, and the Cleveland Guardians didn't do anything, and they're right there with the Twins, and they basically folded and gave the Twins a division. How are, now, they, now, how are the Guardians me, even let, in this let conversation? Me, let me be clear, though. Sure. The Twins, yeah, they're going to win the division, but I had a resident uh, Twins fan on, uh, Team Insider, and he even knows they can't compete with the Astros or the Yankees. Nope. So what's – like maybe they just uh, – the White Sox and the – Guardians knew what was coming, so they just said, screw it. It's just okay to lift a pennant and say, we're AL Central, baby. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's it. it. Hang another banner. Like the Indians. But they knew nothing was coming. The Indians. I said Indians. The Guardians even cut, like, Fremil Reyes, who's been one of their best power hitters. Uh, He got picked up by the Cubs. But the – I was kind of surprised that the White Sox didn't make a move. Like the White Sox. Especially having Tony La Russa. Like, what are you doing? the last two years. What are you doing? He was Plus, sleeping in the dugout the other day. He was because he's uh, old. Do you know who I am? People I do. know I hit that curve. I'll park on it. Do you know who I am? He was really sleeping. He was. Yeah, I didn't I, see I that. know what he's That's talking a spiel about. he gave when he got so his the last, DUI, the by the way. last two years, <laughs> the White Sox has been that team that is so close, but yet so far away. Yep. And I'm with you, Biggie. Like, they didn't make any moves. They was just like riding the, 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 the roster they had. To me, I think they're a team that has enough talent had they made a couple moves to really compete in the postseason. Did you just say that Tim Anderson's out for the year? Well, there's a chance he could be back towards the end of September, but he tore a ligament or something in his hand. So he's probably done. It's a four- to six-week recovery, and we're in the middle of August, so – well, I mean, like the Mets' big deal was Daniel Vogelbach, but the fact is they got just got back Jacob Degrom, so that's kind of like trading for somebody. I, guess. <laughs> I guess. So they didn't need nobody. Daniel Degrom looked good on his first start back, didn't he? Dude, he was he's one. I watched him the other night against the Braves, one hundred to one hundred two, every single fastball. Like maybe we need to take more time off for uh, in injury if we're gonna come back like that. That's ridiculous. That's the last guy you need to be increasing his velocity over year over year. That's crazy. His comp career-wise, if he continues down this path, is going to be a Sandy Koufax. I'm going to tell you that because Koufax had 10, 12 of solid, amazing years, and he still got elected to the Hall of Fame. And DeGrom's down the same path where he's the best player when it, when he's healthy. So, so to bring that up, like we were talking about that the other day about like Hall of Fame candidates and things like that. And DeGrom is not quite there, but when you look at his dominance over when he has played, yeah. it's, it's untouchable. I don't know, but he, he won't even hit 150 wins. And like, and I 300 was the whole thing, but he and won't hit 150. You can't and so, do 300 no more. So, but 150, I think, is reasonable. And, like, I get it, you're the best for a 10-year period, but, my God, you know, you should have at least 150. Yeah. Well, when you play on a team that's anemic at the same time, you have a lot of quality starts that don't yield a, yield a win. I mean, but look at Verlander. I know he's, like, what is he, 40-plus? Dude, Verlander's 39 or he turns 40. He's he was dealing, pitching. though. He'll he be was over hitting, 250. He was hitting 101 in the eighth inning against the Mariners a couple weeks ago. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again? He was hitting 101 miles Verlander. an hour. In the eighth yeah, inning against the Mariners. Was he really? Absolutely. Bullshit. No, he's yeah, a, he's, his pitches 97 to 101 were all fastballs. He's going home to Kate Upton. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? I, look, I get that. Like, if you're going home to Kate Upton, do you want to throw it all in the game? Or you want yeah. to take a little you know, mojo home? No, all mojo on the field. You're you, getting Kate, what's I left. I love you, Kate. You're getting what's left, Kate. <laughs>
You know, it's been so long since we talked that, you know, we're, we're going to have like a three hour long show, but no, we're going to condense it down and keep it around an hour for the sake of the masses here. But in the NFL, Deshaun Watson, he got suspended six games because, you know, he likes massages, just like Bob Kraft, Biggie. So I love my Patriots and I love Bobby K. But when he came out with a statement about the suspension for Deshaun Watson, I just said, dude. Wait, did he really come out with a statement? Well, he made a statement because Ah. owners were asked questions. So it wasn't him coming out, you know, shitting on it. It was just. He should have. Yeah. So anyway, Deshaun Watson gets six games in the NFL, who had appropriated this other third party to come to the Biggest sham. So. You know they're, what I found on they're this? They're appealing was that their own decision. The reason that they brought in a third party was because as long as she administers a suspension, even it could have been one game, they can appeal it and make it longer. The only way they couldn't appeal it if she said there was zero games. Right. She gave a six-game suspension based off of the NFL's history on the same cases. Which, you know, this is a guy that hasn't been committed of a crime. He's not in jail. It's literally civil suits. Calvin Ridley just lost another year betting on the Calvin Ridley betting on games is pissed right now. Pete Rose is coming out and says, I don't even play in the NFL, but I'm upset. The the fact of the matter is six games is what he's got. They're appealing it. Do they want to do 12 games? Is that what they're trying to do? I think they want to do a whole season. Uh, That's what I thought. 16 games would be 17 now. And when he did his deal with the Browns, they made his base salary for this year only $1 million. So they had to have been expecting that he was going to be suspended. They assumed that he was going to be in trouble. And so say they do suspend him for the whole year and he comes back next year for that $240 million guaranteed deal or $239 million he has left, you will have not played live football in two seasons. Two whole seasons. And the NFL is one of those games you probably want to play some live Like the Browns, that's just the Browns being the Browns. The Browns are being the Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield's got to be happy. He's uh, handing off to Christian McCaffrey here hopefully soon. But my my question is, just black and white for both of you, does Deshaun Watson take a snap in the NFL this year? Yes. All right, sir, how many games is he suspended? I think that he's going to end up getting suspended 10 games. 10 games, Mr. Brown? I I think he plays. I, I can't tell you how many. If you had to put a number on it, though, just for farts and laughs. Uh, I'll say six games. See, so, just what the original suspension is, it's yeah. going to yeah. – I, I kind of agree with Mr. Brown. Like, I think all this hubbub is just like it's moral posturing. It, so yeah, NFL just so good. they look a certain way. And they're going to say, six games, we're good. I hope the Browns are 0-6, though. Like, I hope they're so so far down in the hole that they regret everything about this. I kind of hope they're six and zero with Case Keenum at quarterback. Case, is Case Keenum? I thought it was. Oh uh, no, he's the backup Buffalo. No, it is. It's, uh, they it's, brought in uh, uh, the oh guy used to be on the Colts and yeah. the Dolphins. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yes, Jacoby Brissett. Yep. Jacoby says, "Follow me. Follow me to zero and six. Follow me to freedom." Follow Charlie to Steiner, freedom. baby, my favorite sports. Come here and get you open, Steiner. Anyway, <laughs> the. Uh, NFL season has officially begun. We got preseason going on. 
We got Joe Burrow getting appendectomies. We got Aaron Rodgers sharing that he does hallucinogenics in in Peru. Did you see that? Yeah, that's why he won the last two league MVPs. Hell yes. Let's do some mushrooms. Dude, is there any guy in the league right now that less fits his franchise? Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers, cold weather, Wisconsin. And he's just like. Who Yippee, should he be? Long on? hair. Who should he be? Homeopathic. Go trade him for Stafford. Well, Stafford would fit there. <laughs> well, would Rodgers fit in LA? That's what it's weird. To like Rodgers last year is John Wick. This year he comes in. He's uh, Nicholas Cage, Cameron Poe. <laughs> uh, what the hell is Rodgers doing? I don't know. A lot of hallucinations. He's doing it well, though. and drinks in Peru. He's making a lot of money. He's trying to hallucinate that he has weapons around him. He does. <laughs> I got Alan Lazard, baby, yeah. and and uh, Valdez Scantling. Yeah. It's, it's happening. So, how many wins does the Packers get? They're getting 12. They're in a bad division. It don't matter. I said 11, 12. I was going to say, you think Justin Fields is going to ride in on that white horse and win 12 games? No, not at all. Here's my question. All right, Does OBJ end up on the Packers? He's he's posturing. I think he way. will. I he think wants he will. to be on there. They'll the give fields. him the middle level exception. Mid level exception. That's your division. How many games the Packers going to win? Ten. Thank you, Isaac. Ten. So you think the Vikings and Packers will both win ten games? Is Kirk Cousins going to be an MVP candidate this year? No, he'll be a middle tier middle tier quarterback like he is every year. I think. Mm. See, this is what happens when we talk to the youth of the nation. Nonsense comes out of their mouth. Well, I sent him this video on how the NFL is just a bunch of Kirk Cousins. They are. I saw that video. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mike Florio, who I really respect as an NFL voice Pro and insider, focus, yes. he's uh, he believes that the Vikings will win fourteen games this year. They could if the Packers take a step back. Yeah. You think uh, losing. Devontae Adams is that big of a, a wound to them? I actually don't think that it is. I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to yep. throw people open, right? Yep. All right, I'm with you. All right, so we got uh, you know a couple more weeks before we get into the real fun when it comes to the NFL and we get to our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. But until now, enjoy your preseason. Have your eternal optimism. And for the love of God, get ready for your fantasy drafts if you haven't already, because it's going to be a dicey year here in 2022. Well, we wouldn't be doing justice to all of our social media followers out there if we didn't at least take some time and acknowledge some of the great interactions that you guys have given us over the past couple weeks. Uh, I think we're in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 million followers on Facebook. Is that right? I mean, our reach has been... Uh, floating between 20 and 30 million a mo- every month. It's hard to keep track. There's just yeah. so many people. But anyway, if you haven't subscribed to We Don't Know Sports on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, wherever you find us, YouTube, doesn't matter. Go find it now because then you can be a part of these great questions like this question, Mr. Brown, what do we pose to the masses? What do we ask to see if we could try to get a response out of? It was referred to mainly as college football, but it was asking, what is the best game you've ever been to live? So, as three of us growing up in Podunk, West Virginia here, you know, we, we don't have the big 70,000-seat stadium we can just drive a half hour to and go see. So, you know, if you're in Philadelphia or you're in Texas or you're in L.A., you might have some different answers. But, Biggie, for you, you're, you're, you're over 40 years old, man. So, of all the experiences you could have had in your adult life or even your childhood, what's the best game 
you've ever been to. U.S. Bank Stadium, the first playoff game in the history of the stadium. They host the Super Bowl that year. I went to it. I took Isaac to his first game. He's a Vikings fan, not my team. They're playing the Saints, who are also not my team. Uh, January 14th, snowing like a son of a bitch outside all day long. Vikings are up 17-0 in the first half. Saints make a huge comeback, kick a field goal at the end to take a one-point lead. We're sitting there, and it's just weird because I'm with Isaac. First Vikings game, edge of your seat. Case Keenum throws this ball out to Stephon Diggs, and he should get tackled. I can't remember the safety for the uh, Saints, but they made like memes where he was catching name. the stunner or whatever. And Diggs turns, and you're like, he's going to go out of bounds, and he's running, and everybody's no. just in there, and it's like, oh my God, let's go! Touch to the end zone, Vikings win! Vikings win, and the place goes crazy, and you were there. Yeah, it's freaking nuts. I've been to a ton of sporting events. 45 minutes after the game, the stadium was still. 75 80% full people just sitting there staring at the field like what in the fuck just happened oh yes man that's a hell of a trip and, and you know not- the coolest part of it is we're sitting there and you know Isaac he's uh only 13 at the time so he's enjoying the game but he's on the edge of the seat the Vikings have blown this lead and we got a bunch of Vikings fans around us and three Saints fans in the row behind us you know how it is at a big sporting event Something like that happens. You're friends with everybody. Dude, they win it, and he's hugging every motherfucker with a Vikings fan on. The three Saints fans sitting behind us who were talking shit after they made that comeback sat there. When we left, which was close to an hour after the game ended, they were still sitting in their seats. All right, Biggie Jr., you were there as 13 years old is what uh, senior recalled here. Is it an indelible moment in your life? Did it impact you in one way or the other? Yeah, it gave me a lot higher expectations that I definitely should have for the Vikings the rest of my life. All right, so being a Kirk Cousins supporter and everything, now it's really difficult for you trying to match that same excitement. He don't know what the 60 years coming ahead means. He don't know. Like, that's what that's what sports does to you. You want to know the best dangles, part about that, too? It dangles that little treat little that you can get. So if you were there live, you wouldn't have seen this on the call. You'd have to listen to Tro- Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Uh, after they kicked that field goal and – the Vikings get the ball. Sean Payton turns to the Vikings' whole crowd, home crowd, starts doing the skull clap. Fuck y'all. Would beat y'all. Fuck y'all. And then they lose. And that was the best Man, part of Sean it. Sean Payton, that type of guy? Yes, he is. I love it. Yeah. It's great. It makes me like Sean Payton you know, a whole lot more. Right, even though he was doing it to you and your yes. family. You wouldn't have seen it on TV, but that's it. You just, yeah, it just made it great. the skull clap. Yep. Got it. All right, Mr. Brown, how about you? You know. Of all the, you've been to a lot of sporting events, and a lot of our followers on social media will say that you've been a lot to this year. Yeah, absolutely. But just overall, what's so, the one that's moved you? Like, I've seen you catch a home run ball and things like that. What is the sporting event that you've been to, though, that tops them all? The home run ball was so long ago, I can't really count that one. Um, it was, that was 2004. Ooh. So I can't really, uh, don't get me wrong. 18 years. It was amazing. Don't get me wrong. But then, uh, the Kyler Murray Will Greer game was amazing. WVU Oklahoma, even, even, more even though we lost, but I've never seen somebody like go back and forth like that. The atmosphere and, was crazy. Yeah, and you, and you knew even though we had Kyler in a third and long, he was going to find a way. That bastard, um, That would have been it until October Game Four, of the World Series down in Atlanta versus the Houston Astros. Was there for the win. And, and the Braves was on their inevitable march to the postseason World Series championship. And uh, it was amazing seeing it down there in the battery, 100,000 people packed in tight. 
I can only imagine what a World Series uh, trip feels like. And I, I don't know if you could give it all back and have Freddie Freeman still playing on the Braves, would you? No. Right, good answer. I love it. So the the fact that you got to go and represent We Don't Know Sports and be Mr. Brown, you were down in Atlanta, you were in the battery, you got to absorb the energy that came out of the World Series. Is that something you'll never forget? Oh, absolutely. And like I was telling, my, my son was saying, he was like, oh, if the Braves go back to the World Series, I want to go. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, it's taken me 40 years to get to this point. Those are $1,000. Don't take it for granted. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I love you, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Dude, I, you know, as a Bengals fan, you know, I was shopping for Bengals Super Bowl tickets, but it was in L.A. And I was like, $6,000? Holy shit. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, but if I had to give you mine, so uh, I, I have a couple sporting events. One, it doesn't even matter, like, who played or whatever. But I went to some NFL games the week after 9-11. You know, that kind of gets you a certain way because the world kind of came back to quote-unquote normal. And even though it was Cincinnati, not New York or L.A. or these big metropolis, you still felt the difference. You know what I mean? It was, it was bizarre. And I remember seeing the, the Ravens and the Bengals play in Paul Brown Stadium back in 2001. And that's something I'll never forget. Uh, the uh, other two I'll mention real quickly is going back to college football. Again, we're in West Virginia, so that's what we have to relate to. I went to the game in uh, 2008, I believe, and it was uh, West Virginia and Pitt. And if West Virginia wins, 2007, yes. they go to the national championship, and they lose 13-9, to and it's the only time in person that I cried like a baby. Like, I actually sobbed tears of Do you of remember sorrow. exactly what your emotions were when Pat White was injured, went out of the game, and couldn't come back and play until they thought they were going to lose, and then all of a sudden he could come back and they play? They kept putting him back in, right? So yeah. he kept thinking, maybe it's not so bad. Like, I don't have the ears of the TV broadcast. And Pat White, who just recently took a job with the Chargers, God bless him, and he came back out there and tried. And, and for all that, being, like, wounded and hurt, you still only lose by four points. Missed uh, field goals. But, uh, yeah, and Pat McAfee, who we love Pat McAfee, yeah. he, uh, he, he, he didn't show up in that game. Nope. He just had a bad night. And, everybody, and like, I feel bad for him. He got death threats. They, they tipped his car over, all kinds of nonsense. Like, we got to be better than that, West Virginia. Hopefully you hear me. Uh, so that was one. And then the other game I'll give you is uh, LSU came to town to play WVU. And LSU was a top five team. WVU was a top 15 team. That was back when old Bill Stewart was a head coach. Yep. And I remember West Virginia drew within four points, and the place went crazy, and they were singing Seven Nation Army. And I told you guys. That's why you, you hate that song. You can't ever play that song because it's been cursed. Because ever since that game. Kickoff return TD. Patrick Peterson took one to the house. Yep. And uh, it's not been the same since then. But that was the loudest crowd I've ever been a part of. And also – you know, a little, little postscript here for everybody. Uh, after the game, when we were walking to our car, I saw some uh, LSU fans get pulled from their Escalade and almost murdered on the pavement, and that was fantastic. <laughs> it was in the news, so if you guys uh, don't believe what I'm talking about, just Google LSU fans get murdered in Morgantown, and it'll pull up as a news article. They survived. It was okay. The pregnant woman, though, I don't think she had a premature birth, but it was it was kind of nonsense. But I was there like 10 feet away watching all that shit happen. Should have been recording it. Uh, this was before Chad the Mark had a phone I could record it on. 
Hey, I want to say this. Since you touched on 9-11 as going to those games afterwards, do you remember what the first live TV kind of sporting event was after that? It was uh, SmackDown with, yeah, with baby. the WWE and the uh, recently retired Vince Gaming Man. Yeah, baby. He told those terrorists, you're fired. Yes. You uh, love America. It's great. But, uh, hey, I'm excited for some new wrestling. We'll see what happens with that, Vince. But either way, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun talking about stuff like that. You know, we, we've talked about the NBA, which normally we shit all over. But, you know, we had a lot of exciting things to talk about tonight. We had the NFL uh, preseasons here. We got a lot of exciting things going on. And Biggie's trying to figure out if Mac Jones is actually going to be an NFL quarterback for the next couple of years. And, uh we we went into the uh, the baseball uh, situation with the trades and the Padres were the biggest movers and shakers there, uh, and then uh, obviously all the uh, you know sporting events that we've been to. We love to hear from our fans and our followers what the best sporting events they've been to are. Uh, hopefully they got something better than minor league baseball out there. We'll see what they keep uh, posting on the comments there. But, you know, this is what you get when it's been two weeks and we haven't done a show. It's been fun tonight, fellas. Is there anything left unsaid or undone that you want to go over? As a non-Vikings fan, having lived in that area for a while, I will say this. Paul Allen is the best play-by-play guy in all of NFL football. Now, he only gets to do radio during the regular season. He gets to do the TV games during the preseason because that's how the NFL is set up. But if you were to put Paul Allen calling games, he would be like Gus Johnson. You know, everybody loves Gus Johnson. That's Paul Allen calling the uh, Vikings. I, I can't hold a He's amazing. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson gives me the most excitement of any, any commentator there is. Yep. The right amount, right? Like, you can't go overboard and then you're kind of taking over the show. It's just waiting on those moments to happen and then losing your mind. Yep. That's what Gus Johnson is for me. Give me Gus Johnson nine out of ten days. I'll be good. Mr. Brown, uh, you know, we talked a lot about baseball, watching your Braves play here tonight. Uh, do you feel like there's anything crazy going to happen coming down to the wire here for the playoffs or, or like who's trending is what's going to end up there? I don't see anything crazy happening. The, the biggest story will be what happens in the AL Central because it's so close. Everything else is pretty much uh, determined at this point. Does any team in the AL, though, fear the AL Central at all? Not at all. Not at all. So, really, it's a story, but it's not a story. It is funny that everyone talked about how many wins the Yankees were going to get, and they've completely fell off. The Yankees and the Mets have the same record, and the Dodgers and Astros have actually passed both of them. So, it could very well be a Dodgers-Astros World Series. I think the Yankees have won like five in a row now, though, after that uh, bad uh, no, you're wrong. dip they have. You're wrong. You sure? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, they, they traded Gallo. Night. They lost all kinds. Hmm. We'll see what happens. October should be interesting. That being said, this has been another episode of the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We appreciate letting us uh, invade your ears and talking nonsense. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, wherever. And make sure you follow our Facebook groups as well. We got America's Pastime for the Love of Baseball, where Mr. Brown, you gave away some autographs tonight. Who'd you give away? I gave away Paul O'Neill, some Jack McDowell signed cards, a Justin Turner autograph card. Current player. Uh, And then I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Cameron Lowe. Russ Davis and Russ Davis. Right. So if you're a fan of baseball, if you're not following and participating in the group, America's pastime for the love of baseball, I can't help There's you. There's something for everybody. There's something for everybody. 
Not to mention you're over 300 uh, former MLB players that participate on a regular basis. Yeah, about 305, 310 right now. All right, so we also got our, our basketball group, our football group. We're, we're trying to reach you wherever we can. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a wonderful, fantastic weekend. Hopefully you don't get as much rain as we've been experiencing lately. But with all things considered, we hope to see you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.